This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, Derek, and you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Ashley, when the hell are we this week? Well, it's Halloween week. Spooky. Everyone at the mall is dressed up as Ninja Turtles, ghosts, or Graboids from Tremors. And as far as news goes, we have a new heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Here's the call. Okay, so to recap, with the twisting right, um, Holyfield KOs Buster Douglas, who beat Tyson in February of this year, 1990. We still have seven years before that infamous bite night fight between (laughs) Holyfield and Tyson. Happy Halloween! (laughs) Yeah. So um, Holyfield was the only person to ever beat Mike Tyson twice. He beat him um, in 96, and then he uh, won by disqualification when... Tyson bit his ear off in 97. So Ugh. yeah, the king of the, um, wait, that's, that's Foreman. I was going to say the king of the grills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's the end of our boxing segment. Ashley, um, is there, are there any cool new movies showing this week? Well, this might be good. Um, all right. There's a dark comedy starring Kirstie Alley called sibling rivalry. It's a love triangle with brothers. One of whom is dead, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that in the paper too, and the name certainly caught my attention, but the plot synopsis was very confusing. So anything else? Uh, let me see. Let's see. Uh, we have a full page ad for a new Stephen King adaptation called Graveyard Shift. If we want to keep those horror vibes going, the poster has a rat eating or maybe just like licking on an eyeball. <laughs> um, well, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. This is the new horror from the mind of Stephen King. This place is infested. That might be the understatement of the year. And the deeper you go... When's the last time you've been to a graveyard? The colder you feel. The hungrier it gets. (laughs) Graveyard shift. Good benefits. Early retirement. (laughs) Starts Friday, October 26th at theaters everywhere. Oh, rats. Bat or a mouse? Holy fuck. <laughs> Should I say drats? Uh, I said, oh, oh rats, drats. but drats. Uh, I actually yeah. wanted to say, what happened to Master Splinter? Mm. Oh. Yeah, second best rat movie of the year, or is this the best rat movie of the year? Hmm. What do y'all think? It's not. Okay, yeah. Maybe the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the scariest rat, though, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to that. This is yet another creature feature uh we started the year pretty like i think the second movie of the year after leatherface was tremors um Mm -hmm. that's iconic we watched arachnophobia over the summer so killer spiders last year we had razorback um this movie probably reminded me the most of that one actually just Mm -hmm. because of the way it's a clear jaws rip off where they're giving you little glimpses of the creature and until, until the end when they reveal it and man, I'm excited to talk about mm-hmm. the creature, but actually just the, 
mood and ambiance of the old factory working the night shift, just being surrounded by rats. Um, and, you know, while you're trying to keep these like creepy steel machines working, did you find the vibe of this movie effective? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I mean, it starts off with you, with these rats are slowly like, I don't know if it's the beginning where he like cuts his finger and there's a little bit of blood and the rat like goes after the cotton ball with the yeah. blood on it and starts eating it and you're like, oh no. So I think it kind of set the tone for the whole movie. I like that piece of it. And I would never want that job. That'd be fucking terrifying. Yeah. So what's the, what's the guy's job? So he works, the, he works, the, they all work at a textile mill and his job is to clean out. Well, one by one, they get the graveyard shift where they have to like clean out the basement essentially. Yeah, right? there's this, te- it's a textile factory mm-hmm. and they're making clothes, I guess, yeah. or something. And so this one guy, I mean, the opening scene is basically this guy yeah, being surrounded by, by rats and then something like creeps into, you know, just out of frame and scares him back into the machine, which just shreds him yeah. uh, apart. And then it, every time something or someone goes into the, the cotton machine, there's a cool effect because it's all this white, you know, linen soaked in blood. So that's, mm-hmm. that's clever. Um, but, but yeah, so there's a, there's a job opening <laughs> <laughs> thanks to, thanks to that unfortunate accident. And this guy, uh, swoops into town. His name is John Hall, John, very memorable. Yeah. John, the, the drifter mm-hmm. and desperate for work. What did you make of this John figure and his job interview and, his boss the the boss like that whole <laughs> why is he so desperate you want do you think why is the boss desperate no no i or mean john like Hall? what do you, what is, <laughs> like, what is your imagined backstory for this john character that got him into this desperate situation uh, okay let's see and then i'm gonna say he robbed a bank and then lost <laughs> all the money and then he's kind of high so he's hiding out in a small town but he still needs some form of cash but he doesn't want anyone to know who he is. So I think okay. his name's fake. I mean, yeah. Okay. John Hall. That does sound yeah. pretty generic and fake. Mm-hmm. He says he wants a fresh start. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty big clue. <laughs> yeah. So he might've killed someone. He might've yeah. robbed a bank. He might not be a good guy after all. He's a college boy though. I'm <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, which like, well, I'm just, I'm just, they can't you know, murder. <laughs> no, no. Like he, the, the, the horrible boss who interviews him, um, yeah. Uh, misogynistic, abusive to his, you know, two female employees, uh, mm-hmm. you know, manipulating them for, you know, to get out of the worst jobs at the factory by performing sexual favors. Um, he yeah. is skeptical of this drifter character one, because he wants this shitty job that he's offering <laughs> and two, because <laughs> he's got uh, credentials. Cr- yeah. You know, a college education. So why does he need this? Um, Bank robbery is a good theory. Are we supposed to, I mean, John's sort of the hero. Are we supposed to like him or trust him or root for him? I think there's a root for him as opposed to the villain who's the manager. So yeah, he's like the only hero character potential in the movie. Him and the the girl too. Um, But similar, I I don't know. Yeah. Similar to the Coopers last week. It kind of, I I thought Warwick, the, the bad boss was like, Aside from his weird accent, yeah. he was a little more um, balanced 
of an actor and gave a a, a, a slightly more convincing performance than uh, the Cooper guy last week, but he was still the 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 evil is supposed to be the rat like um yeah you know or the monster that's that's in uh the basement of the factory so like it was confusing when warwick just went completely insane and painted his face black and started like attacking his fellow you know employees yeah and i thought at the beginning i was like well maybe he's in in on it with the rats and stuff like (laughs) helping them like he's like okay i'll send this one person down the basin like one person at a time so the rats could feed on them and like somehow that would keep him safe or something because he was just so evil and i was like why was he so like such a bad manager a bad person and i thought he was like maybe with the rats but right well wrong. maybe <laughs> maybe he'll end up swimming with the rats uh <laughs> surfing did we mention this is a or surfing with them yeah they they occasionally do take breaks from <laughs> the flesh-eating cannibalism to uh to surf cruise on some cardboard did <laughs> did we mention this was a stephen king adaptation Oh no, it's a Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Uh top top Mention. tier or you know <laughs> bottom rung, bottom. Yeah. Rung. <laughs> it wasn't directed or produced by him. It was just based off of his short story, right? Well, yeah, like they were optioning everything he made left and right. In mm-hmm. general, he didn't have a ton of input in most of his adaptations and all the good ones like The Shining um and Christine and stuff like they they basically ignored all of his yeah. his feedback. And he called um, it one of his least favorite adaptations. Right. So. But he also said that about The Shining. Yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, this is his I, least least favorite. This is like the, the world's Shining best burger. Least. Yeah, <laughs> this is Steve. <laughs> Steve yeah. King's worst hated friend. Uh, oh, and I was gonna say, so Tom Savini, who or Tom Savini, uh-huh. who was on um, Night Love Me Dead, he was attached to direct this film as well, but then he didn't. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the effects in a minute, but did you read anything um, in your extensive research, Ashley, about changes from the the short story or book to the movie? No. Okay. Lucky, luckily, I did. <laughs> yeah, um, I figured you might. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that much, actually. Just that the main character wasn't like a nice guy in the mm. in the book version. He wasn't meant to like be a hero. Um, every, I mean, there a lot of the characters in this movie are just over the top. Um, cartoon like figures uh, yeah. again similar to night of the living dead but um like the boss it's not enough for the boss to just be like uh, a slave driver he also has to abuse yeah. <laughs> sexually assault the the, the people there mm-hmm. um but yeah let's just let's just get into the meat of this we've got the rats the i think they probably used real rats for the mm-hmm. the, the normal size rats and then we get little glimpses of this creature um what did you think of what did you think it was going to be before the the reveal at the end i mean well i did a little read ahead so oh no yeah i didn't i didn't know there's gonna be a giant bat monster (laughs) so when i was reading like trivia points i was like oh shit there's a giant bat at some point so it kind of spoiled it for me yeah (laughs) um well yeah so the big the big it has claws you see like um you see it biting people's arms off there's some cool gore in mm-hmm. a couple different spots but and you the thing that, that threw me off is i just assumed the whole time it was going to be a giant rat like you see it you see its tail you see it yeah. um jump into the water and some claws yeah and you, and you see the claws so i mean really it was it was i was just expecting a big rat but when they do finally show it it like 
um spreads its wings and like wraps its its wings around a, a character and and like kind of absorbs it mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah and according to the short story so the why the, the way the rat is like a bat rat or how it becomes this mm-hmm. is it's been living so long in the darkness that it's become blind lost its hind legs and then grown gigantic some as high as three feet and then they also, in the short story, have these like uh, rats that are a size of like crows that haven't yet, yet like transformed into a bat. So there could have been more of them. Sounds like you did do some research after well, like all. A little, like a little yeah. bit, but not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one's like in the short no story called, anyway. like called like the queen mother. So. Well, so the, the, that you just reminded me, the big change from the story in terms of the monster was that it wasn't the, the there was a lot of offhanded mentions in the short yeah. story about like, a, a evolved bat creature but the actual big bad in the uh story was the queen rat which was a giant rat um and they just like took that out of this altogether. maybe it was a little too alien i don't know um not yeah. that they, <laughs> i don't think that would have stopped them but they just simplified and made the uh bat monster the main villain or the main monster what did you think when they finally revealed it I was actually kind of impressed. Yeah. Because I expected it to be, to be honest, kind of shitty looking, but mm-hmm. it actually looked really scary and had, which we talked about before, but kind of randomly reminded me of like the thing a little bit, like the way it mutated, yeah. it looked like a kind of mutated creature. Kind of its face was like angular, it kind of looked like a wolf, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, no, I thought the the main creature was really well done. It's terrifying. Yeah. I you want them to have shown more of it, but that obviously that would have yeah. maybe taken away from the mystique. And I mean, unlike the thing where they're just like going for it and showing like a full frame of mm-hmm. of the monsters, they went they're really careful to hold it back until the end. And I, I mean, it's not Jaws, but it, the reveal part at least is very satisfying. I mean, I think this is like. 10 minutes, five minutes before the movie's over when they finally show mm-hmm. it. And I was like, wow, it almost, almost salvaged this the movie. movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the movie had entertaining moments, one of which is an exter- another quirky, eccentric, disturbed <laughs> exterminator character, much like arachnophobia, um, played by horror icon Brad Dorff, voice of Chucky, old and new. And a henchman in the movie Blue Velvet, probably my favorite movie of all time. So shout out to him. What did you think of his performance? I thought it was really good. Yeah. Being like over the top and creepy. Yeah. Creepy for sure. Derek. Super creepy and loved his dog, which I thought was sweet. Uh, What kind of dog was it? Mm, A mutt. It was like a poodle. It was a rat terrier, guys. Oh, duh. Jeez. They said it in, in the movie. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they, I they, missed that. I missed that. It was that. specially trained for uh, hunting rats. <laughs> a rat terrier. Um, Derek, did you like to close your eyes and just picture Chucky when he was talking? I, did, I didn't I did know until after the, the fact when you told me. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind going back and doing that. And did weird, you recognize but... his voice at all? I recognized something about him. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then when once Drew mentioned it, it clicked. Yeah, mm. so definitely creepy, powerful voice. Yeah, we can do Either- a little experiment. We can play a clip and close our eyes. We don't okay. need to because it's audio only, and see if we are picturing a little doll in overalls. 
get a rat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hungry rat. One that hadn't been feeding for about a week. And they put it on the loom. And they'd stick its nose down inside. And if the damn thing wasn't starving enough, they'd cover it with a flaming rice bowl. And let me tell you, that gray black son of a bitch would have nowhere else to go. He's got chew in his mouth, though. Yeah. And he he starts tunneling his way through, looking to put an end to that loud beating sound. That didn't Is that the rat terror? Human artichoke. So warm, so juicy. So now that I think about it, I think the beginning of the original Chucky does have him as the serial killer mm-hmm. who runs into the factory. They, oh. Yeah, they do show him. I don't know if they sh- how many times they might show him in in the movie, but yeah. in the movies. But for the most part, yeah, he's the voice. And you can definitely hear it there. It's just toned down. I mean, like, it's just quieter. He's going into his Oscar voice there. He was trying really hard to <laughs> maybe win an award with that monologue. It's by far the only piece of acting in the movie i'd say yeah um yeah. doesn't he the start best. crying at one point like you, you can see a it's tear long. down his eye i think it's like, like four down minutes cheek. yeah yeah i also have to um, say his death was like the best death in the movie i thought yeah why don't you um well just before you describe that so he was in the vietnam war just for a little context on that clip he was describing uh, a form of torture that was used on his his uh comrades comrades in the vietnam war um so pretty disturbing stuff ashley um yeah he goes into a tunnel chasing after the dog right mm-hmm. yeah and it's like a um so he goes after his dog and it's in this like enclosed i guess he's in a graveyard right and he's in this like enclosed cemetery essentially yeah. so there's like the giant tombstones and the giant ones with the bodies in them that are like hundreds hundreds of pounds i don't know and he goes to get his dog and it starts to slide because it's been raining and so it's muddy and it starts to shift mm-hmm. and slides and smashes into his face and squishes his whole head into the wall and then he dies oh, it's crazy that's why they you call didn't... it graveyard shift lol <laughs> ah <laughs> what are you gonna say derek sorry i had to make that joke good I thought you were going to say, oh, I didn't realize that he his head was smashed, but it, <laughs> you know, it was obvious after he saw all the blood, the, the blood dripping off the wall or that the the cement was mm-hmm. really well done effect yeah. as well when during his kill. So, yeah, apparently there was there was an X-rated cut of this movie somewhere. Um, it's mm-hmm. never made the it's never been seen. There was a nude scene with uh, the Jane. Car- so we have John and Jane. Yeah. Um, Jane is this pretty like tough factory worker who does her best to fend off the advances of Warwick and kind of has a little bit of a romance with with John Brewing. Apparently that was part of what was cut from extended versions. Yeah, you um, see her boobs or you would have gotten to see her boobs. Yeah, we get to see her midriff in this movie. I mean, she's, a lot. she's got a great <laughs> abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. Like she drives a Mustang. Uh, yeah, she also smokes Marlboro Reds. Yep. <laughs> a ton. Yeah, everyone's smoking inside in this movie. That's that's fun. Uh nice diner time period stuff. Um, but yeah, that was a there there were some good kills in the movie and some good gore. Um mm-hmm. not a ton of them, but that was a good that was one example. Yeah. Um 
towards the end of the movie, like basically they band together. There's the basement of the factory. And below that, there are like these catacombs and tunnels, some of which lead to the adjacent graveyard, like you mentioned, of course. So it's a literal graveyard shift because you're working <laughs> on a grave, you know, that's part mm-hmm. of the reason this uh, these creatures have been there for thousands of years evolving and eating uh, the remains of humans. There's bones and skeletons everywhere. Um, it's when they go in their little mission to what do, what do they even do? They're looking for treasure. So <laughs> this is a good question because I'm not entirely sure. They find, yeah, they find like, they open that casket and they find like, oh shit, there's like a, yeah, a door below. We should check it out. But I don't. They're trying to clean it up because a lot of the ground caved in, right? So a bunch of chairs and desks and paperwork were, fell in there. Because they were flooding the basement with, with high pressure (laughs) fire hoses to, to, to exterminate rats. Yeah. That probably caused some structural damage. We're going to say they're looking for treasure because that sounds more fun. Well, that's that's kind of why I mean, they they did mention it at one point, like, let's go see if we can find some buried treasure. But I don't think that that was the the reason. I think that was just kind of their motivation for having a shit job. Right. And not being terrified. Yeah. Yeah. The job we're going to we're going to talk about the worst jobs in movie history in a little bit. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. But this Mm -hmm. was. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a strong contender. There's really yeah. nothing uh, appealing or in the in the least bit uh, safe about about this job. Um, Ashley, how did you feel about the way that they kind of, you know, basically the way things wrap up is that Warwick um, goes crazy. Yeah. Um, the other horrible characters just kind of get offed one by one. He gets knocked out, and uh, we think John and Jane are going to potentially, you know, escape. But uh, Warwick, you know, beats Ugh. them up, and then just what he, does he stab her in the stomach? Yeah, he stabs her in the stomach, and then he like goes into her gut, and then pulls the knife all the way up, so it just cuts yeah. all of her <laughs> it's intestines. And... Up. It's not even I was the like, rat. And I had to why like. I looked at, I was watching, I was like, oh shit. Like, I just didn't expect that to happen. I thought he was gonna like hit her all the way. Like they do in most movies and shit hits her head or something, but he just like gutted her, killed her. Yeah. So. Well, at another point in the movie, when he's having an affair with his secretary or whatever, I guess, former um, factory worker who he promoted uh, so that she would sleep with him. He confronts her at the car and it, like points to her stomach and says, well, we'll figure out what to do with that later. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and then he and then he starts to like, she fucks up his car when he when he demotes her back mm-hmm. to the cleanup crew, and so she takes an axe to his car, which seems reasonable. But yeah. then he's about to like, just beat her up in front of in front of the entire uh, workforce mm-hmm. before John kind of steps in and and grabs his hand, which um, he was obviously sticking up for her, but. Uh, in a sense, Warwick. Well, who knows what kind of consequences there would be in this town if if he had let him do it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that I was mean, fucked Everybody up. was watching it except him, and he was mm-hmm. the newcomer. So it's like, if he wasn't there, what would have happened? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> one yeah. of one of John's uh, superpowers was a Stephen <laughs> old Stephen King chestnut, the slingshot. So mm-hmm. the wrist <laughs> rocket, 
gets <laughs> how ridiculous was it um i'll just phrase it that way when he starts like when he first on his first night his first shift uh, he finds a bag of empty cans and is able to shoot the cans at the rat sometimes knocking <laughs> like three of them at a time off the ledge i don't think that was his first rodeo though i think no. he had that, that <laughs> he had that bag of cans because he had been down there for like a week and he's like okay oh but i mean it, i thought you meant like he had used a slingshot before but which must have been true but you also think he would have been practicing down he brought yeah, him that, for the that, rats yeah that wasn't the first time that he did it although he did have like this glimmer in his eye where he's like huh let me try this yeah, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> i thought it was his first time but i mean maybe he maybe part of his backstory is before he routed a bank he worked at a circus oh and okay. he would play it and he would just use a slingshot to like practice on his own games sure that's <laughs> a great not? theory um okay so he didn't rob a bank no that no he that well maybe he stuck him up with the slingshot oh oh he has really good aim yeah yeah he (laughs) does i mean he uses a real i mean you wouldn't fire something that big and 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 um like aero not aerodynamic i i don't think um whatever slingshot (laughs) yeah yeah at least they didn't have so i saw on tvtropes.com a favorite website of mine it described this Chekhov's slingshot because um, like when you see a gun in a scene, you know, it's going to go off by the third act is the, the traditional um, uh, trope. But in this case, you, you know, I mean, in all, in even Stephen, you know, one of Stephen King's most popular stories of all time, it uh, instead of having the character like kill the evil uh, rat bat with the slingshot <laughs> in this, I mean, he does basically. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, just, never mind. Yeah, he completely kills him with the. Well, he, well, he doesn't hit tr- him directly. Yeah, no, right. well, that he, wouldn't have done anything. Why don't you describe the end of Mr. Ratbat and whether okay. or not you felt bad for him? Well, bad form? Bad. Ooh. Or bad form. Um, okay. <laughs> well, eh, a lot of things. So he finally, so John Hall climbs out of the basement and he's like, I escaped this creature but he didn't. The creature comes after him and he's coming, he's getting closer and closer and his tail gets stuck in the threading machine that does all the cotton processing with all the, the pointy metal pieces that claws yeah. at it. <laughs> I don't Teeth, know. Basically. That's yeah. And his tail gets stung and he's like, Oh, I see some cans. Oh, I have my slingshot. All right. <laughs> I'm going to try this one, one more time and hit that button. And he misses it like once or twice. And these slingshots hits the button. The tail gets wrapped into the machine and it feeds the whole monster in the machine and it kills it. Yeah, it sucks it in, it spurts its goo, its red goo all over the cotton. And then at the end, it gets to like the head. Yeah. And you just see like the the gooey like head <laughs> getting pulled in. It stops like right before it not like stops like it's gonna escape, but it gives you a lot of time to look, look at to it. linger on the like really gooey uh sunken in head of the <laughs> of the monster. I thought I mean I thought that was awesome. Basically, the mm-hmm. last five minutes of this movie were were good. The yeah. thirty second surfing USA rat um, <laughs> scene, you know, where the the rats are like, I guess they're flooding more water into the basement as usual, mm-hmm. and so the rats are like escaping on little pieces of cardboard and boards Aww. and stuff. And the movie splurged and used its entire budget on surfing USA to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to liven things up. Um, so that was fun. Any other highlight? Mm, excuse me. Any other highlights we're missing? 
Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. I think would you um say you were broke and fresh off a bank robbery and needed a fresh start? Mm-hmm. Would you uh, work in this? Would you work at this factory for a night? Heck no. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm new to town. Okay, well, this textile mill is hiring, but there's been a lot of deaths at night lately. So the graveyard shift's available if you want it. No. Yeah. Have you ever worked a, a overnight shift? No. I mean, not like once, but had a job that required that. Um, actually, I worked a when I taught kids taught kids gymnastics. I'd do like the sleep camp or whatever. And there's like 40 kids and me, it was, I think there was three adults and I was new there. So they're like, you have to do the overnight too. And I was like, all right. And so you had to stay up all night with like 40 children. Yikes. But I'd rather do that than graveyard shift. Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, none of the kids were killers, fortunately, no. or flesh. Not yet. Yeah. yeah not, yet. not until you taught them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough not to have to work a job quite that bad. I mean, I was a farm worker, um, cross-pollinating corn, of course, early mornings, but done by like noon. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, nothing, nothing on this level. Well, I worked in warehouses and stuff, manual labor. Certainly. But not like late at night. Well, no, the, the, the late at night thing is a real, uh, is real icing on the cake for how shitty mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the, the job is you're alone. I mean, it would be scary regardless of the the rat bat monster but yeah it's and it's like 100 degrees down there yeah they did a really good job at um showing how hot it was because all the characters were sweaty or glittery the entire time like well i bet they didn't have money for ac for their budget so it's probably really hot in there in general (laughs) you mean yeah i doubt it was actually underground but well, I'm what I'm saying is it looked like it was like a hot, like hot days, like even in like the 80s. I doubt they like are cooling off that old old mill for them. Probably movie. not. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's why they said that we run the mill at night because it's too hot to run during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Derek's favorite movie, quoting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really liked it actually. Oh. It it had it had some surprising moments. I was I was a little worried when it when it first started, and mm-hmm. just like the boss character was so comically evil but i don't uh, the last thing before um we let ashley give you a a lyrical recap before we let this, her <laughs> yeah what? before we um indulge her how about that okay. <laughs> we indulge our audience so uh, can one of y'all describe the difference between this kind of bad and troll too bad like this movie isn't doesn't have a documentary uh describing why it's the best worst movie of all time it doesn't have a cult following i hadn't really it's a stephen king movie but i really didn't hadn't heard of it like why is this not worthy of cult status or is it who i'd say this one has more of a even though it's a really simple storyline it seems to flow it flows better like troll 2 is like all over the place so it's not bad enough yeah it's not it's bad i so sorry derek I didn't really like this movie. So, but it's not like <laughs> Troll 2 where you watch it and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I didn't have those moments. I was just like, oh, it's like evil rats, evil bat rat, people are dying. Yeah. So, like, well, it's pretty simple. That's fair. Derek, did you think it was entertaining because it was so bad it's good, or you just thought it was entertaining? I just thought it was entertaining. And well, yeah. and also it was similar to Troll 2 it was kind of, con- the story was kind of confusing. So I was constantly like, why, 
are the rats freaking out? Why why do they want to see people die? I, mm. I don't know. Just yeah. And then I could not get over the fact. Uh, well, and and also while I was watching it, I was thinking about how I would how my own imagination would kind of build this in this uh, this world mm-hmm. if I was reading the book versus it being directed. Right. Yep. So some of the shots of the house and some of the the uh, like layers kind of anyway, it just kind of looked Disney-esque and hmm. I, I could just kind of imagine reading the book and seeing a similar experience. But the, you know, the director kind of took my imagination and stretched it in yeah. weird ways. <laughs> and ruined it. I mean, well, in, in some ways it's, yeah, a tall order. Like this kind of like pulpy story could, you could work on the page and, yeah. you know, not Absolutely. be done justice on the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, the fact that they were able to pull off the main monster and make that a satisfying yeah. reveal, I give it a lot of credit for that. I mean, that mm-hmm. we read um, during the production of Razorback, they created like seven different um, wild hogs and mm-hmm. they didn't really appear. I mean, they appeared on screen and they finally showed the main one at the end, but ultimately it was kind of a letdown. This yeah. was both surprising and really cool looking so see that, that yeah. i guess yeah i don't we don't need to rehash you know go rehash what we liked and didn't like but i i actually didn't like the the this whole bat rat bat it, it made zero sense i, I just told you what happened derek and why it exists it, <laughs> well what did you think it was it was just gonna and be why it rat. exists makes zero sense yeah do you think it's gonna be a monster rat yeah yeah well right exactly oh like but a big were... rat with like little arms just like attacking like a t-rex at rat yeah you can't, i mean you it could have been anything uh a t-rex rat would have been anything just except disappointing. no 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 oh. a t-rex <laughs> rat would have been just as disappointing or you know a, an alligator a rat, rat, a rat is alligators... just a vertical or a t-rex is just a rat on its hind legs i think yeah basically yeah same little arms oh. same tail um well, you can't say you liked that it that it confused you, and then that you didn't like that it the monster was confusing. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> Maybe I'm confused as well. <laughs> it's no, it it was. I, I'm not saying I it made any sense that it was a bat, and I thought the whole time when it was. I mean, I've never seen bats go underwater, uh, but when I saw the monster itself, regardless of the wings. It wasn't until I watched some still images and some some uh, uh, more additional footage later that I kind of even was completely sure it was a bat. I mean, it was just like I knew it had wings in the in the in the movie. They really don't give you a lot of of close up time with it. But I wanted to fly away and just like do its own thing and survive. I didn't want to die. Oh, well, let's talk about the very, very ending. it has sort of kind of like a sarcastic twist final scene. You remember what happened? No, I don't know if I saw that. Well, they they kill the rat, probably. Yeah. But then it says like under new management, now hiring. Oh, which I think I guess the twist was supposed to be in the in the story that everyone dies and it's still alive. And then they just start the process over again but in this Sounds i guess like a stephen king move there it didn't did did um i know we all saw it together in the theater but did y'all have it end really abruptly too 
Like it was showing the the building under new management, and then it seemed like it cut too quickly from there. I thought they were going to show the guy, uh, uh, John, having taken over. Or no, something. he's a drifter. He's gone. Right. Yeah, he got his killed the I mean, rat bat. He's out. Maybe that's his job. It made logical sense for, uh, from my perspective how it ended. Cool. Well, um, enough about that. Ashley, why don't you take us to a dark sewer somewhere and hit us with some poetry? Great. Come along. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> John Hall moves to a small town trying to make an extra buck. He hears the textile mill is hiring just his luck. There's just a tiny, furry, bloodthirsty catch. The mill is filled with hundreds of little man-eating rats. So when employees get assigned the graveyard shift, they tend to disappear, leaving bones as a gift. It's finally Hall's turn. He seems quite brave with a slingshot in tow. He's not going to cave hall with a few people by his side, decided to do a deep dive into the basement to clear out anything that may reside. Lucky for them. It's a big fucking rat bat who swoop you up and cut you open before you have time to yell. Oh, drat. The team battles each other, rats and the beast. Oh, and the bad manager dies by the bat to say the least. In the end, John uses a slingshot wielding skills to grind up the monster. One of those giant pointy cotton threading machines things at the mill. <laughs> technical terms uh the blood mixes with the pristine cotton and makes for a gory mess of something rotten Boom. damn nice i was trying to make it a song i'll give you the two verses and then like that's it and then i couldn't come up with the rest okay but it's gonna be work in the graveyard shift what a way to make a living working late at night where the rats aren't forgiven and then i was like i don't know where to go with this so it's a graveyard shift yeah, like yeah, it works, but then I just couldn't that, that's, do it. That's catchy. I mean, hopefully, if you stick around to the very end of the episode, we'll play some of the song that closes out the movie. Oh, and I yeah. think I think your version could have easily made the cut over <laughs> over what they chose. So yeah, stick around for that. Thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. I think it's time to move on, and we'll um, um, give our final thoughts on Graveyard Shift in a bit. But before we do that, let's play our favorite weekly segment rank the blank pew pew all right rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites this week's topic worst working conditions. What we're going to do here is try to imagine ourselves in the shoes of these characters from movies. Um, could we, would we ever, should we, yeah, should we perform <laughs> these duties? Ashley, uh, before we give our choices, do you have any kind of, uh, common examples to share? Sure. Um, so we have some boring as fuck office jobs like fight club or office space terrible nope. uh patrick bateman's prostitute or assistant an american psycho um if you're not a fan of kids there's daddy daycare up and coming cop and training day Ooh. um being a mall santa like billy bob or you could be a paul blart mall cap that yep. could be a shitty job he's seen or the love his job but or, yeah i mean <laughs> or you could be um a camp counselor in like any horror movie that ever exists uh, not ideal yeah. yeah what's your favorite movie drew or <laughs> sleepaway camp sleepaway yeah. camp is, is that, that right up there the yeah. worst counselor job ever <laughs> yeah yeah That'd be a good one 
Well, thank you, Ashley. Let's go straight into our nominees this week. Nominee number one, as always, the job from the movie we just talked about, Graveyard Shift. So Graveyard Shift has what I like to call the trifecta of shittiness when it comes to working conditions. You have a rat-infested factory, you're working the night shift, the graveyard shift, and you have an absolutely deplorable boss. Um, We'll talk about it more as we go through our rankings, but that's uh, (laughs) a pretty horrible cocktail of conditions. Ashley, what's your choice? Uh, mine's sunshine cleaning. So that's mm. Amy Adams and Emily. Sounds like a happy Blunt. movie. Yeah. Um, they are biohazard removal specialists. So basically they clean up crime scenes. So anyone dies or there's blood everywhere and they go and clean it all up. Yeah. I love so, this movie. Um, yeah, me too. the job is not glamorous, but it is a, it's, uh, my sweet spot emotionally for my choice. Um, continuing with the Emily Blunt connection although mm-hmm. she's not exactly well she is in the same job as the main character who works as an assistant to Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada infamous kind of uh honorary uh inconsiderate exacting boss lady um just grinding Anne Hathaway until she has to you know either hit a breaking point and quit or get a makeover. So whichever makeover it is. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, um, what's your choice? Well, my name is now Emily, and I'm gonna be pretty blunt here. Oh, oh, <clears throat> pretty so, and blunt. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> uh so working on the Death Star from Star mm, Wars. Darth yeah. Vader as your boss. Mm. Um is he a hands-on <laughs> manager or uh, he's a force. He, he's pretty forceful. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Nice. You're, you're on a roll. <laughs> um, just imagine making one minor mistake. Like you accidentally like trip him. And then all of a sudden you just fly across the, the hallway and you get suffocated by the force. You give sure. him cold soup and he's like, fuck I'd you, s- die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does what does? Yeah. Whoever works in the cafeteria on the Death Star probably has a shit job. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, right. Like, oh wow, it's yeah. We... Tuesday again, but it's Wednesday. No, it's Meatloaf Wednesday now. You're dead. Yeah. Cafeteria <laughs> worker or school cafeteria worker in any movie um, that we we could have drawn from would would be a strong contender as well. Mm-hmm. All right, well, those are four great choices. Ashley, where do you want to start? Oh, um, shoot. I'm gonna <laughs> say. It's Graveyard tough. shift and death star at the top. Okay. Well, before you jump in, <laughs> um, before you Sorry. jump in, you just asked her to jump in. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. I forgot to set it up. So uh, let's, we can, we can use oh, some, God. a few different criteria. No, I mean, just to make things interesting, <laughs> like, okay, being an assistant with a really demanding boss, maybe it doesn't sound like the worst thing ever, but we've all had kind of like, um, you know, it's the interpersonal dynamics there that are at play. But you're not going to die. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to compete with literal death, I guess. Yeah. Um, you would have in, said Drew's choice was like top two. He would not be going on this rant right now. I know. Yeah. He's not going to win. He already knows I, it. It's I fine. mean, yeah, mine has the one uh, one out of the three in the <laughs> trifecta of terribleness. So, yeah. 
Fair enough. Bad boss isn't going to cut it alone. Um, and sunshine cleaning. Why are you ruling? Why are you demoting your own? Well, in the movie, they actually end up liking their job. Well, but, yeah, they, yeah, it's kind of satisfying, I, I guess. Yeah. And they're like kind of almost like therapists for people that lose other people. And I don't know, it seems like it could be rewarding. It's just, I personally don't want to clean up blood and other remnants. Yeah. Um, but I think I would rather have a terrible boss like in Devil's Re- Devil Wears Prada than clean up gooey parts. So sure. Gooey not bits. All, not all deaths are gooey, but I, I take your point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to, you'd rather walk Meryl Streep's dog and get her yeah, coffee. Yeah, for okay. sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, okay. And then, uh, so it's Death Star versus Graveyard Shifts. I mean, it's, I, yeah. I mean, Graveyard Shift, there's like one survivor and he's, I don't know. Graveyard Shifts, I don't want that one. That's, I think that's the top one. I think a lot of people would kill for an opportunity to work on the Death Star. So it's the yeah. pinnacle of your career if you're a mechanic. <laughs> I think graveyard shift, you're just, you're, well, you, you don't know it, but you're uh, going to get eaten or killed at some point. At least yeah. on the Death Star, you know, you can suck up enough or, you know, you eat, eat at a, you know, <clears throat> choose when not to work when Darth Vader comes into the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Very cafeteria centric on this um, yeah. topic. I, I would say the reason I guess we're probably unanimous here. The reason graveyard shift wins is because you could, you could take away the monster <laughs> and it would yeah. still be the worst job. Like <laughs> true. the rats are going to be in any kind of like subterranean environment like that. It's not mm-hmm. super clean. The, the hours suck and the Ball benefits. Sucks. Oh man. Suck. And the, what, what was the tagline? <laughs> oh, good good benefits, short life. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> um, it benefits until you die. I mean, also it's minimum wage. She's like, we can't, we don't, we don't do better than minimum for this position. In four months, uh, the union might come calling, and then we'll fire you. Um, yeah. And uh, is that cool? Yep, sign me up. Sure. Can't wait. <laughs> Sounds fair. Um, A lot of people have died here. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. All right. Graveyard shift. It is. Wow. Easy, Second week in a row. Unanimous winner. Yeah, that's Movie right. winning. Good job. New release. Ooh. Yeah. Good for something. Uh, damn rats. This is bullshit. <laughs> A whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> uh. I forgot Rogan? about this part. This is one of the random contractors. Hey, you porker, is that you? <laughs> Shit. Very funny. I'm laughing my ass off. Didn't really give too much away, but... <clears throat> There's just rats everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to everyone to get a taste of the the rat sounds, the kind of like ever present, just yeah, yeah, chewing and skirting around. <laughs> they're they're doing. Are are y'all? Do y'all have an issue with rats? I mean, like in general, uh, do they freak you out? No. So My friend you, growing up had a pet rat, and he was really sweet. You'd rather have rats around than spiders, say? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind either spiders or rats. Actually, oh. what about a rat spider? <clears throat> that would have been a better monster. Mm. I had okay. a dream last night that, that rats in... were running into the bar that we go to, and I just was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm like, bring okay, them I'm going into." Right. <laughs> well, that's where they go. Not even a dream. It's 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 happened. And two, I've had a rat in my <laughs> house all week, uh, including while watching. It the was movie. a mouse. 
okay, well, they're just smaller they're rats. They're different. Yeah, they're cuter. <laughs> it was getting bigger by the day, believe me. <laughs> um, they grow They grow up so fast. Um, <laughs> I will say the reason rats, rats are, are gross, and we get a little glimpse of it in the movie where... You, I was I was confused at the start of the movie, so they they kill off that guy really quickly. But for a second, I thought he had kind of like made friends with the rats down there. Mm. He's like talking to him. He's like, "Hey, do you want to help me start up the machine?" Oh yeah. And then the rat p- pisses on his chair. Yep. Call, it's like Gertrude <laughs> or Greta or something. Yeah. He calls her a name. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought he had kind of like made peace with the rats, but apparently not. Um, he gets pissed off, and then they kill him. So, yeah, there are some downsides, but super cute (laughs) yeah well that's it for rank the blank this week rats ft win ft win (laughs) or the win (laughs) ftw ftw that's half of an acronym or two-thirds of an acronym not my 30s yeah that was a very hip way to say for the win Uh, (laughs) uh, one of my catchphrases that's it for Rank the Blank this week. Now, back to our feature presentation. FP. Oh, <laughs> uh, Forsyth Middleton or whatever. FP was Forsyth for Pendleton. Forsyth Pendleton. In... From what? Your favorite show. With Twin Betty Peaks? and Veronica, and oh, isn't his oh, name like oh, right. Scythe Pendleton Jughead's or something? dad. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Good, okay. good deep cut. Old, old skeet. Um, so, Ashley, uh, yeah. we've already given our thoughts on the movie. What is the critical reception to Graveyard Shift like so far? Probably the worst we've had <laughs> well, to date. I was well, going to bring up, uh, we've, had, menace. we've had multiple 0% review. I mean, 0% yeah. movies. So, yeah. So this is still zero, but the audience <laughs> gave it like a, the audience gave it like a 28 or something. So not, so there's this is at least our third, according to Rotten Tomatoes, our third 0% movie of the year. Just uh, wait, were the pretty, first two? Problem Child, Troll 2. Troll 2. And I thought Troll 2 at least would get over zero because it's, weird and interesting but anyway um some people had to say which is one good review i honestly believe that the i'm the only person in the world that didn't hate this movie so it's kind of good <laughs> backhanded compliment that was like okay. the only positive thing i could find and then another person wrote another person wrote one of the worst of stephen king movies don't punch in for this mess so people Ooh, just didn't like don't it punch in i get it what, um, um, what publication did that positive reviewer work for the Arizona sun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering if um, it was like a big outlet. Uh, Any no, Ebert um, or, you no. know, no. Okay. Didn't even bother. No, yeah. they didn't even try. Okay. Um, well, interesting. So did it, so Ebert didn't watch it. So did anyone watch it to make it to the box office or? Well, it was <laughs> heavily contested by okay. the other movie we considered watching. Sibling Rivalry at number oh. two with Graveyard Shift coming in at number one. It was the number one movie in America this week. What? In fact, yeah. How yeah. much money did it make? Five million. So it was a bit of a slow week, but okay. it is number one. Sibling Rivalry what? number two with four. Ghost in its 16th week. With, Never dying. <laughs> at number five with three. Wow. But yeah, this is a, yeah, this was a, the number one movie. So that's crazy. We weren't the only ones at the theater. Huh weird okay didn't expect yeah. that you happen. know 
growing up as what this came out in 90 i was well the stephen king's name is on it yeah that's probably all it takes well I, I, I do specifically remember walking into a blockbuster video and it, and i've mentioned it on the podcast before and looking at the covers of the the horror films and i this one really stuck out when i uh when we went to go see it and we saw the movie poster it totally yeah. came back to me from you know the future me are you talking about so there's there's two prominent posters you're talking there's one with like a um skeleton and a a miner's hat and then the rats yeah yeah that's the one that really just came immediately back to me once i saw it it's a cool poster there's another one where there's a head like sticking up from the water and all the rats are like coming towards the the head in the water um but a rat like the descent yeah the descent or again trying to evoke jaws there's also Mm -hmm. like a couple other prominent giant rat movies that i wanted to check out to get the full picture willard i think is one and ben or maybe that's the same movie that was renamed but um keep your eyes out for those maybe in a future year of new release Hmm. um so So, yeah oh i was just saying so overall i might know what you guys are gonna say but is this a new release or is this old news i'm gonna start first old news don't watch it okay you guys go (laughs) derek uh it it, it's difficult i mean there are better horror films to watch or better creature films to watch Mm -hmm. um if you've got a spare hour and a half to watch to watch a film that you've never seen by stephen king and you're a stephen king fan yeah absolutely or you know what no old (laughs) news read the book there you go the short story yeah that's a good recommendation yeah Yeah, the short story Damn, you backed me into a corner there. I um I'm gonna go new release purely because if you haven't listened to this, then you will be pleasantly surprised <laughs> by the reveal <laughs> at the end, which does no good to anyone who is listening. But um if you can imagine going into it fresh and with zero expectations, and you didn't you weren't in that initial wave of people who saw it at the theaters like us. Um, when we traveled back to them, then yeah, I think with 30 years in in the rear view, this movie is a fun little trifle. It's hmm. not a bad watch. I will yeah. give it that. Okay. okay. Well, um, so on a scale of one to 90, how 90s is this movie? With the hair, the actors, the music, any tropes? Um, right now we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with 89 out of 90. Yeah, baby. Pump up the volume with 87 out of 90. Ooh. I want to rewatch that movie. Mm-hmm. And House Party <clears throat> with 84 out of 90. And I, I want to rewatch House Party as well. So good. Um, yeah, that was a well. Two of those were in the first month or so of mm-hmm. of the year, and <laughs> we've been on a little bit of a uh, bad movie roll lately. Yeah. But maybe that's about to change, especially next is. month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're I'm thinking you, the fact that they're smoking in diners that gives it a, you know, solid 10, <laughs> the, the outfit or, you know, what they're wearing <clears throat> and their hair and stuff. Sure. Uh, other than that and the practical effects, again, we mentioned it last week, that definitely gives it a lot. Uh, whoever yeah. trained the rats, I would yeah. give, give them a solid seven on like add seven on that. But so yeah, well, they I'll, didn't I'll use leave. 
CGI rats. So yeah, that's I'll leave it 90s. up to you all to figure out the score. It's it's definitely low. When you like forties, I know. I I think it's. I mean, if we were counting like late eighties as nineties, it's not ahead of its time, and no. it's not like part of a nineties cultural wave yeah. by any means. Um, it's still riding the Stephen King wave from the eighties. The this. Uh, script is actually mentioned or this production in general was kicking around for years before mm-hmm. someone finally went through with it. Um, so I think it feels very, it could have come out in the mid eighties and, yeah. and felt right uh, in place. So Let's put it with the blood of heroes, which has 27. <laughs> I mean, it, you really can't make an argument for it being super nice. None of the actors became big i mean you know steven uh dorf certainly uh is most known for an 80s character mm-hmm. i don't i mean child's play is still going now so yeah he's actually had an incredible <laughs> run there but yeah I, I mean i'm i i could be persuaded pretty much anywhere from 50 to 20 i'm mm-hmm. thinking 50 but let's just go between 50 and 20 I mean, I feel like our movies that are that low aren't even anywhere close, like are just in a completely different time. No, I feel like those are in a different time period. Like this is in, this is in the ballpark of the nineties. I mean, I don't care. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the number doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. I think, wow. Drew, you you choose for us. Yeah. I'm going to say 58. Okay. Okay. So it's right below, right below Leatherface and above Troll 2. Oh, our first movie of the year, Weatherface. Or above Crybaby, if this is not ordered correctly. Anyway. Whoa. Off by a, it's off by one point. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, all right, we have that done. Um, so the there new release go. gift shop. So each week we take <laughs> something from the movie and sell it in our gift shop. Right now with some green kettle corn from Troll 2. Brain food in a cup from Night of the Living from what? Night of the Living Dead, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was like, Night of the Dead, right? Um, we have accessories for tarantulas, which is like hot off. It's still like people are just sweeping those up. I think the brain really food cute. should be like cup of brains, like the ramen oh, noodle like a cups. cup of noodles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine. Cup of brains. We'll re- we'll market that and advertise yeah, it. We can just slap a sticker on it. Yeah, perfect. Um, so from this movie, what do you guys want to sell? I have a couple of ideas. Ooh, a couple. <clears throat> okay, pitch them. Shark so. It's either a shirt or a hat. Let me start off with a rat bat hat. A sure bat? Uh, uh, A rabat. A rabat. Oh, a frog? Why did you say shabat? Ribbit. (laughs) A rat bat hat. So So it's it's a. a, a, Oh, it's like a shat. No. No, it's a hat (laughs) with a rat bat on it. Um, It's, yeah. So you've got a kind of like a trucker hat with fake mice on it that have wings so are, like, are, are they uh, on it or they're like are it's they... like it's like the logo of a rat bat okay on a hat get me that's that. you down you down with that okay sure I like a rat my, bat my, hat. my second idea though could also be incorporated with the rat bat hat but a shirt made out of the cotton that had the rat bat guts oh. made out of oh. the, the cotton so the logo on the shirt would be, well, the shirt would be made out of the cotton that had the rat bat guts from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So limited release. Authentic. Tie-dye shirt. We might be able to, who's our janitor now? 
Is Goro. This Goro? Yeah, yeah we, mm-hmm. we could finally give him a raise because this would be a, a quality product. And we the logo on the shirt would be a rat with dripping blood from its mouth and the new release text underneath it. I think it should be fuzzy too. Cardigan? The rat. Just the rat. Okay. I'm just yeah. thinking maybe we should make a, a fuzzier t-shirt or fuzzier. Oh, okay. Well, I, okay. So we could do a t-shirt. But those are my ideas. What do you with guys any, have? With any movie and I, uh, or like a hat with the picture from the movie on it. That would be lame if we did that every week. But this week, because they were working at a textile factory, it does actually make sense that we could just do a shirt. Um, just, yeah. Then let's do a shirt. I, I was going to do a slingshot. Mm. Yeah. Well, how about a slingshirt? Ever think of that? <laughs> what about okay? So you just what have, about a, a sh- shart? It's just <laughs> it's just gonna be a slingshot, and then the, the gap between where you pull it and whatever is gonna be the shirt wrapped up. So you get both. Oh, t-shirt cannon. Yeah, basically slingshot. T-shirt. Yeah, Done. so you can shoot it right onto someone. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's like those those TikTok videos that are edited. You know, this is I can I can redeem oh, yeah. my hipness. Yeah, yeah you're you just so like, cool. You just snap and you have a shirt win. Yeah. <laughs> um. So a slingshirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Derek, are you good with our, that? Can you plug our TikTok account? We don't have a TikTok account. Oh. <laughs> but on Instagram, we're yeah. at New Release Podcast. Perfect. You can get Thanks. all of this merch. Not. Yeah, you can get it right on our Instagram account. Just send us a DM. Yep. Please. That's how you buy things. Yeah. yeah, Ashley's face it's still Goro's, for sale. Goro's too ferocious <laughs> for you to come into our store. Yeah, he's a little bit bad for business, but we also can't fire him. Oh, <laughs> like, I guess he'll kill us. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, our store is bu- uh, busting over with um, overflowing merchandise. Yeah. So come and get Perfect. it. <laughs> so, what's going on next week? Another rap movie? Um, a rap movie? A rat movie. That's oh, what I thought movie. you guys were saying earlier. Are you, you were saying a, like like a <laughs> shitty movie, rat. like a, a rat movie? Oh yeah, kinda. Um, next week we have a psychological thriller that I have been excited to see for at least a month. So <laughs> I think the trailer will give you some pretty big clues as to what you're in for. Let's hear it. It's coming. From the director of Fatal Attraction and the writer of Ghost. Ghost. In just a few minutes, you will see a preview of the most terrifying and unforgettable Uh. movie of the year. Jacob's Ladder, rated R. Stay tuned to this channel. That's it? Yeah, that's the preview for the preview. Uh. So uh, if, did that hype you up to yeah. stay tuned for the preview? Yeah, that was great. All right. Well, next well, week we'll have the whole thing. <laughs> perfect. What I was going to say is I'm really excited for this because I, someone mentioned it on one podcast I was listening to and they were talking about how like fucked up it was. So I'm nervous and excited to watch it. Yeah. This writer um, who did Fatal Attraction and a bunch of other stuff like is known for really twisted plots um, and, or this director, I should say. And, you know, it'll be an interesting mashup with the <sighs> romantic sensibilities of Ghost. But, yeah, I've heard for a while this movie is, like, pretty disturbing. I think it's going to be the first serious movie we've watched in a while or seriously, like, 
disturbing in tone. So great. That's Yay. what I live for. Yeah. <laughs> um, Derek, are you excited? Yeah, I'm really tr- excited to figure out the engineering behind the Jacob's ladder. Apparently, it's a flat runged flexible ladder that is used in construction. So I can't wait to watch this documentary. Cool. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, <laughs> there were some poorly constructed ladders in Graveyard Shift as well. But enough about that. If you want to follow along with this episode and all the future ones to come, then you should subscribe by searching new release on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else you find podcasts. Ashley. That's a wrap. <laughs> Show's over. So hard. As promised. Weird. Damn! The graveyard shit. Oh, God, this isn't bad. <laughs>